Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Code Untapped Tech Talk. I'm Ez. And I'm Jay. And we're going to be discussing everything coding, tech, and startup related. So hi guys, welcome to our second episode of uh, 2022. Uh, so hi, Hey Jay, how's it going? Busy, busy, busy as usual. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> always, always. A lot, lot happening at the moment. I know you're very busy with certain activities right now, aren't you? Yeah, I am actually. So in December, we, uh, we, we've, we've wrapped up a lot of stuff that we've been working on. So we're sort of moving out of the sort of dev phase. We're coming out of alpha and we're moving now into our beta phase, closed beta, and we're now looking to raise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, the very last activity we did was penetration testing, which is, you know, making sure the app is secure yep. and like that. But now it's like, you know, getting the pitch deck ready. So it's out of you know, taking my head out of the code now yeah. and moving it into the pitch deck, which is Good just stuff. It's a different space altogether. It's a different <laughs> Oh, no, it is. But that's that's the true job, right? That's that's yeah. as a as a founder, as mm. CEO, that's that's where your focus needs to be, fundraising. There there's some debates. I see a lot of articles around how too many CEOs spend too much time focusing on fundraising, not enough time on building sustainable businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. That's true. That's that's absolutely true. You know, there needs to be there needs to be a combination of both, right? Because the reality is, is with a lot of SaaS-based models, which is what you're building, it's actually very hard to build a scalable model without external capital at the beginning because of the way that the financing works. Mm. You know, if you are selling the full value of a yearly license up front, or even a five-year license up front. You can probably scale fairly quickly without external financing, right? Mm. Because you've got that almost direct capex coming straight into your business. That's not how SaaS works. No. Month by month, trickles mm. in. So you have to build that organization and the technology and the scale before you start to benefit from the revenue, which mm. means you need external capital yeah. to get you moving. So I know and that's the piece that you're looking at right now. Yeah. And I mean, the cornerstone of that really is actually uh, the financial plan because when you speak to investors they they know this what you've just said there they know this they know that you're speaking to them because you've probably run out of cash yeah <laughs> and you've got people to pay and you want to scale and you want to move to the next stage and so they want you to somehow demonstrate actually that mm-hmm. you know there is real there is a real uh, business model behind what you're building, yeah. And it's not yep. just it's it's not just a, a nice product, yeah. It's actually a sustainable business that is actually going to grow. So they're going to get some return on the investment that they put in now, mm. yeah. And yeah, so this is what it's all about. It's it's explaining that. So it's telling that story. Um, so it's telling the story of your products and services and how they will evolve over time but not just evolve over time, but also evolve in a way that there is growth, there is revenue growth, yeah, as well. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. So I guess, so where where do you want to focus this one, Jay? Because obviously you're going through it at the moment. I've got a lot of experience on the fundraising side. Yes, I mean, so yes, I've I've had my first call of, I've had my first investor meeting of the year. Actually, it was today, actually. How did that (laughs) go? 
I think it went okay. Actually, it was we did we, we did we we did the pitch, and that was about a couple of was about eight minutes long pitch, mm-hmm. and then we moved into actually demoing the product as well, which was good, and it seemed to be well received by um, mm-hmm. uh, by the, the VC firm that we were, were in in discussions with. So, and um, we're looking, we're waiting to hear back. But what was interesting is the stuff that they focus on. Yeah. Mm. And it's, I think there's a number of boxes that you need to tick when you're you're going into these, um, when you're going into these discussions. And I know we've talked about, and we've talked about the money, but it really is, it really is the whole story. So they want to know, right. What is the, they really want to know what is the problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. Yeah. Does this, is this problem something that they're interested in solving with you? actually mm-hmm. yeah and then what's how are you going to solve it but then and how novel is your solution yeah mm-hmm. yeah what is the your sort of usp yeah and then that in that space that you're in what is the market yeah so what's the size of the market is it something that they can get excited about yeah and yeah. is and are there other players in that market that that show that there's that the market that particular space is really really active yeah so these are the sort of questions these are sort of narratives that are running through that should be sort of running through your pitch as well and then they really want case studies as well they want to see that people have got a feel and people will really want to use what you've got to what you've got to offer as well so you've got to give a flavor of all of those sort of things and in all of that you need to show that you're a capable team yeah 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 so you need to show that you're a team that can deliver yeah and you know, but also is open to feedback because you might not have the right solution now, yeah, but can you get there? Yeah, so this is something that's really interesting. So you've almost got to tell the story, but also be listening to their feedback and being able to respond to their feedback as well. So these are the, so these are the sort of narratives that are running through, I think, the pitch alongside the financial model, yeah? Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean everything you said there is really spot on, right? And it, it's great to hear just how much of that you've now internalized. Because obviously we talked a lot about pitch decks and approach and model, and so it sounds like um, the experiences you're having have really been impactful in terms of uh, where you're going with that now. And I know you're going to have a lot more of these conversations. I know, I know. And in light of that, is I'm going to ask you now. So I mean, right, go for it. <laughs> So have you got any tips, Ez, then? So what should I be doing? What's What should I be looking out for? I mean, and I know you've done it because you, um, obviously you've done it with Neighbour. So you've, you know, you've raised with Neighbour. Yep. And now you're on the other side of the fence, actually, now providing funding to startups as well. Yep. So what when you were in Neighbour, what, what were the sort of things that you were making sure that, you know, the investors were hearing? And then yeah. on the other side of it, what are the sort of things that you're looking for in particular that will sort yeah. of prick your ears up and think, right, actually, they might have something. And I think this is something that we should be looking to invest in. Yeah, so Neighbour's interesting because I think we raised over 200 million at Neighbour. Yeah. Um, cool, a combination of equity and um, debt financing, right, from some some pretty big players, a lot of family offices, angels or, or high net worth individuals, and then debt financing through the likes of Goldman Sachs. 
Mm-hmm. Now, at Neighbor, bear in mind, I was a CTO. So mm-hmm. I was involved in the fundraising process, but I would be lying if I said I led on the fundraising at Neighbor. But, you know, mm-hmm. I was very much involved in it in some in some of the conversations and the rest and, you know, reviewing the materials and trying to come up with those decisions. And then, as you said, at ImpactX, we now, we now invest in startups yeah. and we've invested in over 10 um, so far. And we've already had a unicorn come out of that portfolio. And now at ImpactX, we're actively fundraising ourselves for our funding, our big funding round, which is the big hundred million pound fund that we're building. So I've been every aspect and every side of, of this of this equation of, of this piece, right? So, you know, I think the most important thing really is to get that narrative and story right. And it really comes down to understanding your problem and the market that you're 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 going into, and making sure you've got the right team to do it. Because so many focus really on what they're building, and that that's really where their core focus. We're building this really cool thing, and it's amazing. And I remember doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Right? When we're building Neighbor, I was a technologist. I was so excited around the, you know, the CQRS, the event sourcing technology and architecture that we were building. And I built the core platform. Yeah. And that's really what I was talking about. And if I heard someone say all that to me now as an investor, I'd be like, oh my God, what's this guy doing? <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's all great, but stop pitching that. And I think I keep saying to you, forget the tech. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't talk about the tech. Yeah. yeah. Talk about everything else. Um, and I think the most important thing you really want to hear is a good understanding of your problem space and the market around it. So what is it that you're trying to solve and why is this problem important? What is the scale of the opportunity here and who else is doing this and why are you better than them? Right? Mm. And what outcomes have they seen? Because all of that tells us there is an opportunity. Mm. Right? Ultimately, as investors, what we're looking for is a return. We mm. might be looking for impact. We might be looking for change. Mm. But ultimately, we need a, a return for our, us, our fund, and our investors. So those are the things we need to understand. What is the return profile here? What is the opportunity? Once we understand that, it then comes down to, is this the team to do it? Yeah. Right? Is this the team to do it? And what are we seeing that lets us know this is the team to do it? And that's where it comes down to. What's the team's experience? What's their background? Who's in this team and why? What have they as a company achieved, right? You know, have they executed? Have they got a product built? Have they launched it? Have they got traction? Have they started to win customers or acquire an audience? Whatever that traction metric may be. Because then when you start to see all those things, you can go, actually, even we think there's an opportunity here. We've got a great team. It might turn out that opportunity is not the right opportunity, but mm. everything they've done is executed against the plan to take advantage of that opportunity. And even if it turns out it's not the right one, mm. we believe they're going to go ahead and be successful. So then it comes down to how prepared is this team, right? Mm. And you know, this is where you start looking at things like data, data rooms. You start looking at things like financial planning, forecasting, quality of their pitch deck, all the other supporting materials that they need. And this is where you talk about being investor ready. Mm. And there are a lot of founders that just aren't investor ready. They're not investor ready. 
They don't really understand why they're speaking to you and what they should be looking for and what questions they should be asking. Um, they don't have the materials they need to build a compelling case. They haven't you know, successfully executed on a plan. They have zero traction. And really, they just have a PowerPoint and they're hoping to, to mm. win you over in terms of pure enthusiasm. Mm. Um, now, I'll be honest, there is a cohort of founders for whom that approach can work. Um, but for a lot of us, that's just not realistic, not yeah. right? So what's interesting, actually, is that a lot of the stuff that you were talked about, so you talked about, actually, so there's, like, it seems like there's two components. There's the actual, you know, there's the actual product or service that's being built, mm-hmm. and there's the team, yeah, that yeah. are executing. And it seems like, actually, there is more weight on the team, yeah? yeah? So you're actually investing more into the capabilities and the potential of the team than the actual products and service that they're offering itself. So is, is yeah. that actually the case then? I'd, I'd say that's definitely true at early stage, right? Mm-hmm. When we say early stage, we mean, you know, less than a million in revenue, yeah. um, seed, maybe even series A, right? Mm-hmm. So you probably, you've raised less than a couple of million you might not even be at a million in revenue. That is still pretty early, right? Mm. Um, from an investor perspective. And at that stage, we still recognize that the idea, the product might not be right, right? Mm. But the team, if it's the right team with enough traction, well, with enough investment, enough runway, they can get there. Mm. When you're looking at later stage, series B onwards, then it's the product. Yeah. Then it's the product. Have you got the you don't want them to be pivoting? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) at that time (laughs) they they need the right product team does become important because now you're very firmly focused on exit right at this stage is this the right team to get this product to ipo is this the right team to get this product to acquisition right it might be that they're not but they're so well positioned that the right team can come in in the next year or so to get this to where it needs to be. And that's often the case. It's actually quite unusual for the founding team to take a company all the way to IPO, right? Mm. It really is. So at that later stage, team is important, but it depends on what you're looking for. And to be honest, if you're looking at IPO, actually the CFO becomes the most important individual. Do you have a CFO who's IPO to company, right? Mm. Yes, you do. Big tick, right? But that is at that latter series B, series C stage, right? The early stage, that's less important. Do you have the right team who can build and execute on a vision and create a great and in a great and engaging product and win customers? So it really depends at what point you're looking at the company. So as I mean, we've been talking a lot about, you know, getting investment from VCs. Um, but what are the other like funding routes for early stage startups? Yeah, so that's a really important question, and there are multiple, right? And actually, a lot of startups focus on VC when they they're too early for VC. Mm-hmm. VC, you've got to bear in mind, VCs don't have any kind of um, what's the word tax relief. They've got no downside protection. Uh, they're investing other people's money, fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And it's usually investment by committee. So you have to go through an investment committee process in order to be able to draw down the funding to invest. And it's usually against a very well-defined thesis. So, you know, for example, maybe this VC only invests in B2B fintech in cryptocurrency, Mm. servicing UK only, 
right? Mm. That's their thesis. So that's the only thing that they can look at. So you've got to look at VC funding as a niche form of funding, which you may not be ready for yet, right? Mm. For others, you know, you have, starting at the very beginning, you've got friends and family. So mm. these are people that you know or in your network. It doesn't necessarily have to be people you actually know, just people you're connected to in some way who want to put in their own money. And it mm. might be very small amounts. might be 5K. It might be half a million, depending on these individuals, right? Yeah, friends and family leading up to, and then that touches on the angels, the super angels, the high net worth. So these are all people who are putting in their own cash into your business because they believe in you fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Um and then you have what we call family offices. These are the types of organizations where it might be an ex-trader who's made hundreds of millions on commodities. He's now set up a business that basically invests his money. Um, it might be a family with an endowment trust that has historically built up wealth. And now they're looking to um, not only maintain, but grow that wealth down the generations. And they look to invest. You get a lot of them out in Switzerland, for example, a lot of Swiss family offices. Then and and those can be equity or it can be um, advanced subscription agreements. It can be convertible loan notes. It can mm. be safe notes if you're looking at like the Y Combinator type models. So those are all great great routes to raise money from at the early stage. Other things you should always consider is incubators and accelerators as mm. well, mm-hmm. um, especially if you haven't got traction yet. Mm-hmm. Traction is really important. And when we talk about traction, we mean you know sales to customers, closing contracts, or just uh, driving revenue, or ultimately engagement with your audience, whatever that might be. And really, incubators and accelerators are there to help you achieve those aims. Mm-hmm. And some will give you small amounts of funding, you know, from you know 10k up to 150, depending on the program you go through. Some will be equity, some will be equity free or just be a grant. So Google did that through the Black Founders Fund. I think it was 100, 250K in funding for no mm. equity. Others will want a percentage off the back of that. And then ultimately, you then have other debt type options. You know, there's startup loans that you can apply for, you know, 25 grand startup loan. Um, and you have grants as well from the likes of um, UKRI. So Innovate UK, you can mm-hmm. apply for through their various competition funds and the rest. Um, and depending on the sector you're in, there might be different options. So, for example, if you're in the water sector, as some of you may know, I'm an advisor. Well, I'm on the steering committee for Spring, which is a center of excellence for the water and water sector. And their part, they're an enabling organization. It's enabling bids for um, the Offwat 200 million pound water innovation fund. So there are there are quite a few options out there, but you have to know where to look. You have to be at the right stage. You have to have the right material. Um, and you have to put together a great, great pitch deck, a great product, and be able to reach out and apply through these organizations. So it sounds like there's no real ideal time to actually start fundraising or, mm-hmm. or essentially certain investors will... You, you, you would deal with certain investors at a particular time or a particular... <coughs> yeah yeah particular progress through your yeah so 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 on that just very quickly is there an ideal time the best time is when you don't need to raise money right (laughs) just honestly it sounds ridiculous but the best time is when you don't need to raise right um because what you don't want is you've got two months of runway left and you desperately need to raise because on average it takes four to six months to raise on average right 
Mm-hmm. So you've definitely got to give yourself a lot of a lot of runway before you start fundraising. Um, secondly, depending on the type of investor, will determine the stage at which you need to be at. Yeah. You know, friends and family, maybe just a PowerPoint is great. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got previous experience launching and exiting a startup, then a PowerPoint and going to a fund may get you there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to deal with the more professional, sophisticated investors, typically they like to see some execution and some traction before mm-hmm. you start fundraising. Um Ultimately, though, for me, the sooner the better. The sooner you can start having those conversations, the better. But make sure you're prepared. We often say, you know, people say you only get one chance to make a first impression. But what they mistake with that is that the first impression is about how developed the startup is. No, the first impression is how competent do you come across in your pitch. If you come across incompetent in that pitch, you're not getting another shot, right? But you can come across really well in that pitch, but your startup just isn't quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, look, come back to me when things are looking more promising, yeah. when you're in a position that we can actually start to measure the traction. And then let's talk. But I really want to hear from you, right? Mm. So effectively, the pitch is almost like a reflection of how you execute or how you Absolutely. would execute. Okay. That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. It's a reflection on you. It's a reflection on your team's capability. And, you know, you you have to bring yourself fully prepared to those pitches. You know, Jay, whenever we talk about pitching, it's like these, this is the information you need to be ready with, right? Mm-hmm. So many founders go into a pitch and they just can't answer basic questions about their startup. And that that's a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we're sort of wrapping up now. So, what would be the last sort of nuggets that you would give to any startups who are looking to uh, fundraise? Honestly, the most important thing is social capital. It's networking. Get out there, meet people. You are going to need to speak to a lot of investors, a hundred at least, I would say. You're not going to get investment unless you're extremely lucky off those first five, 10 conversations. You're going to have to have a lot of conversations. And they will want to understand who else you're speaking to. It's always yeah. the question. Okay, so you're fundraising. What other investors are you speaking yeah, to? Yeah, Jay, yeah. you know this yourself. Yeah. You got asked yeah. exactly that yeah. question. Yeah, I was right? today. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. else is interested? Who else is potentially coming into your round? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to have a network of people. Get out there, meet people, reach out through your own network. Don't be shy. Make use of it. Then, and you know what? That will only help with finding talent, with um, finding procurement managers, getting sales, building traction. All of that is useful. So that is probably the number one thing you can do as a startup. Start networking. Excellent. So I think, Ez, this has been great, actually. I think there's some, there's some great nuggets there to take away for our listeners. So at this point, I'd like to say uh, bye and uh, catch up next time. Fantastic. It's been fun. So looking forward to our next Code Untapped Tech Talk. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Take it easy.